1 Corinthians chapter 2. I do have a lot of scripture I'd like to cover today, so bear with me. If, if somebody really wants the scriptures, you just ask me afterwards and I'll, I'll get your email or something or be able to make it available. 1 Corinthians 2.13 These things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, starting at verse 10. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him, and he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in the scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Even Job needed a lesson in this. Job 38, verse 1, 1 through 4. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself. Like a man, I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Jump down to verse 36. Who has put wisdom in the mind? Or who has given understanding to the heart? When we... Consider the mind of Christ, this man, God-man. You know, we also have to remember that, that he is part of the Godhead. And as one, speaking of me now, and of you, who has been accepted into the family of God, we have been given the mind of Christ. Now that's a tough concept <laughs> sometimes when we, we think about it. It does not come naturally to me or to us. It comes with the transforming our, of our lives in salvation. 
It's not something that just poof happens as far as the natural man is concerned. But the fact that Scripture tells us once we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, certain things happen to us. And this is one. Yes, as we discussed earlier, the the, the plagues that uh, the sinfulness of natural man continue to to haunt us, continue to follow us. Uh, but by, as was pointed out, staying in God's word, they become hopefully less and less of a factor in our lives. We've got to feed the new nature of Christ that's within us and starve the old nature. But what is involved in having the mind of Christ? Um, Brother Chet brought out the verse, you stole it from him. No, no you didn't. The verse that brought him to his knees before the Lord, John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now when we think about the the mind, having the mind of Christ, to me, one of the first aspects of that, and by all means, this is not exhaustive, having the mind of Christ. I just want to introduce, and hopefully the Spirit of God will continue bringing things to mind to you. But the first aspect that I see is forgiveness. He addresses, Christ addressed it several times in his ministry. Matthew 6, 9, uh, the prayer that, the, what I call the disciples' prayer, you know, too many people labeled it the Lord's Prayer, but this is more the disciples' prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Should have said earlier, I am using the, the New King, King James Version. You know, it's a little different from what you have. It is the New King James Version. It is known for those that that teach how to speak to a group. Uh, one of the things that's taught that if you really want your audience to know something, uh, you take a point or a couple of points and you repeat them. <laughs> and you repeat them. And that way it, it establishes what you're trying to get across. 
this major point and do it several times. Now, I'm not going to limit the Lord Jesus Christ and what he, how many times he taught forgiveness. All I can say is, we read about forgiveness or, or you, Jesus using the word forgive 23 times. So I think that's a kind of establishes something that, that this is a, an important subject that the Lord Jesus is trying to get across to us. And even as he hung on that cross, I don't know if you've really thought about what it was like. I, I've thought about it. I can't say I've really experienced it. But they tell me as he's hanging there on the cross, it's not just the pain where the nails went through. But if he relaxes his legs, it puts pressure on his arms and his hands. Whether they were out like this or up like this, it still does the same thing. It compresses the lungs and you can't breathe. So you have to push yourself up again with your legs and catch that breath. But he said, he cried out. Now, if you've ever, I've had the wind knocked out of me a time or two. Uh, and, and several years ago, I fell through a ceiling and, and glanced off the fellow down below me and hit the floor and, he grabs hold of me and goes, Ralph, Ralph, are you okay? Are you okay? And I, I didn't have enough breath in my wind in order to make my voice come out. But Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness of our sins is only one aspect of this teaching. Yes, it was. It was, it was sinful to, in one aspect, sinful to condemn a righteous man to death, a capital crime of which he did not commit. But there's other, other aspects to this. It's the willingness to forgive others. That's important to us in order to maintain a close relationship one to another and with God. That's spelled out right here in the verses that I read. Are we thin-skinned? you got to ask yourself that sometime. Or as we grow in the teaching of the Lord, are we developing a thick skin so that we are not easily offended? I mean, you look around and there's such this, oh, oh, that offends me. Oh, that offends me. Take pity on me because that offends me. Well, sometimes, you know, we irritate each other. You know, uh, I'm reminded of what I spoke on 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 Psalm 23, how it takes a shepherd sometimes to separate the sheep when they start butting heads. 
because they irritate each other. Or other things irritate them. Bugs, the shepherd has to treat. Things irritate us. But we need to learn before the Lord and not be easily offended or, or irritated. Do we keep short accounts? Now, I know Bill knows this. Probably most of y'all don't, except for my wife. But I, I like I like to watch car racing. You know, in fact, I got it set to record the one today, and I recorded the one yesterday, and haven't seen much of it yet because so, of the meeting yesterday. But you know, one of the, one of the things the commentators as as they stand there and watch the events take place, and you know, maybe there's one driver that that hits another car in the wrong way and it wrecks the car up front, they say, you know, the, the, the commentators will say, uh, oh, they got long memories. <laughs> they got long memories. You know, what's going to happen? You know, if they don't get back on the track that day, guess what? You think they're going to forget about it in a week? You know, sometimes they don't talk. These drivers, some of them will talk right away and settle it. Other ones, man, they might wait a race or two, and then they might be the ones behind. It's payback time. Jesus tells us in his word that even though this, you might commit a sin against another one, he was asked, well, how many times do I forgive him for this sin? And Jesus turned to him and said, 70 times 7. Not just 7 times, 70 times. Now, not, not, that's not necessarily 490 sins. That's the same sin or the same irritation, offense, you know, offending occurrence. We have to have, if we have the mind of Christ, we need to develop an attitude, this, this attitude of forgiveness. And not just, oh yeah, I forgive you. Yeah, okay. And go on our way. And then you think about it. Boy, I shouldn't have forgiven them that soon. No. No, no. We have to, I absolutely, I forgave you. As soon as it happened, that's how we should do things. Don't let it irritate us. Forgive and move on. Because that's what Christ did, isn't it? I mean, what worse situation than hanging on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Secondly is his walk and our walk. Now I'm talking about his character. I'm not talking about whether he wore sandals or not. You know, obviously we were talking about a little bit this morning about uh, uh, Jesus at the at, in the upper room. Nobody came to wash the feet of even him or the disciples. So he got up, took off his outer clothes, went and got a basin and towel and start going around washing the disciples' feet. That was not the job 
of a, of a master, of a rabbi. That was the job of a servant. You know, there's, there's four servant songs in Isaiah. <laughs> Jesus fits every one of them. And then he said, in this same attitude that I have toward you, have this attitude one to another. Luke 20, verse 46. Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at feasts. Beware of them. How do they walk? Oh, yes. Look at me. Look at me. I'm important. Oh, no. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John eleven nine. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Jesus, uh, in 1230, Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, remains forever. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Jesus said, then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you may, while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Romans 6, 4. Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk. We also should walk in newness of life. We have a commandment from the Lord to walk. There are many or exhortations in the letters, not just Paul's, but the others, on how to and how not to walk. Walk not after the flesh. Walk honestly. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk in the spirit. Walk worthy. Got to walk worthy. We kept coming up. That's where they got it from. Walk in love. Walk circumspectly. Walk in wisdom. Walk in the light. And walk in truth. You know, the next consideration 
of having the mind of Christ is position. Position. The Lord is, he was on this earth, knew where he had come from and where he would return. And that's, that's important to stop and consider and think about a little bit. He knew that he was and is the Son of God. Luke 2.49 says, And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. This is when his parents had to go back and find him in Jerusalem after they had been on the journey home. John 20, 17, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain, this, now keep, that's an important statement to consider. Paul's writing this letter, and some might question whether he had authority, but he says, but, uh, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always, always be with the Lord. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty. Now this I say, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So, when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. <clears throat> we who have believed and trusted in the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ 
have been given already a position of children of God. It's his work. It's not my work. It's he who has placed me there. And he encompasses me about, and I can't jump out. (laughs) Okay, you can't jump out if you've truly believed. With this, we can experience knowing him on this earth. And with expectation, expectation, look forward to the time when we will be caught up in the air and meet him and see him face to face. We take from the scriptures that those who have already died are already conscious of heaven. But there's coming a day when the body will be lifted up also. Consider this mind, mind that conceived to create the planet and the universe around us. Consider this mind of things that we've seen and not seen. Then created man in order to have fellowship one to another. What power was needed with that? And also, consider this mind and the power that he can gather all the dust particles needed to put those bodies back together. and transport them to heaven. I mean, I hope I hope you catch a glimpse of amazement with that. But not just that, this mind desires to commune with us. This mind told his disciples that he was going to Jerusalem where he would be killed and would rise again the third day. Not only rise again, but with a body that could be touched. They touched his body. He offered it to them. Philippians 2.1 Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death 
of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now we we know we don't become God when we're saved. That's that's not not what we do. But to have a restored, forgiven life and to have the mind of Christ shows us that our shows that our lives to the world around us proclaim our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Not ourselves. Do others see Jesus in me? Do others see Jesus in you? That's what having the mind of Christ is all about.